Welcome to the Cosmic Connection. This is your place to explore the beauty and order of the cosmos. And your connection to it all. My name is Amanda Poole Walsh, and I'm the founder of Astrology Hub. And I'm Rick Merlin Levine, your Cosmic Navigator. Now let's dive in. Let's do it. All right, everybody, we are here for a very special and different episode of the Cosmic Connection. I'm here with, you know, Rick Merlin Levine and Jen Zart. And we are at the ESAR conference right outside of Denver in Colorado. And this is a huge astrology conference. This is like astrology heaven. And so we're just talking. We're purgatory for some people. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's amazing. I mean, so basically, we're talking about conferences, why they're so important, why we go to the effort of coming to them, why people go to the effort of putting them on, and how they can really benefit our lives and really the practice of astrology as it moves forward. So mm-hmm. I would love to hear your stories about. Um, astrology conferences and what they've done for you and mm-hmm. how it's changed your your I'll be very brief um, the first conference I went to I was living in Minneapolis the home well St. Paul is the home of Llewellyn uh, astrology publisher publisher of magic astrology tarot a whole bunch of other stuff and they put on an event which was a weekend event called Gnosticon mm. like Gnostic G-N-O-S-T-I-C-O-N um, and in one weekend, I met, you know, um, uh, I, I, just, uh, I mean, Rob Hand and, and Noel Till and some giants who have now passed, Charles Emerson and Charles Jane and um, um, Marcia Moore, who uh, wrote the Jacqueline Onassis book, um, who actually did a real-life regression on Noel Till, which was just crazy but the whole thing was there were a few hundred people there and everyone was talking astrology and the people whose books you had been read that I had been reading all of a sudden were there in the flesh and it's like oh my god this person actually exists and then you're actually talking to them and having a conversation with them and it's like Ah. It's amazing how starstruck that we can be of different astrologers and then how, I guess it's when you're reading people's materials and you're seeing them online and just to meet them in person, it's like, wow. It's different. I've had people come up to me here who are like, I mean, okay, I'll talk to you when you let me step down off of whatever the pedestal is you have. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, I've been watching you online for years and I'm so excited to be, and it's like, you know, just touch. Yeah. I'm real. Okay, yeah. now let's go on. But I guess, it's exciting. And it's, it's exciting. a really intimate experience to read someone's book or to listen to their podcast. And it, it's like people are getting to know you on a very diff- very deep and intimate level. Yeah, what about you? What was yeah, your first? Yeah, it's definitely different with astrology, too, because what you're being transmitted is knowledge of your own soul so it's from that person's there. perspective, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 right? So my first astrology book was Alan Oaken's Complete Astrology, and my first conference was in New Orleans in 2012, and there he was poolside, and I couldn't believe that he was there, and I'm like, what is? what are the chances in my life I would get to be around Alan Oaken and hear him having a casual conversation with someone, and that he was a lo- like a real person, mm. and not this like titan. I mean, he still is... Um, I mean, he's not with us anymore, so rest in peace, Alan. But um, just to, that experience to like see that, you know, astrologer who had changed my experience of the world, mm. and it's like that's what you get when you come to these conferences. You join the community. You're able to interface with people and talk to them about so many cosmic ideas. And like, how often do we do that every day? It you was know? a conference that 
where I met you, Rick. That was at U the, at the UAC. UAC. Yeah. And UAC, we're at ISAR, which is short ISAR for the International Society for Astrological Research, one of three organizations that were founded around the same period of time as a back um, backlash, is that the right word, uh, to the AFA, which was a organ viable organization, but a for-profit organization. And the community had grown enough that, that there were people who felt we needed to have something of our own. Mm -hmm. And within a couple of years, um, ESAR, uh, NCGR, which is the National Council for Cosmic Geocosmic Geo Research, um, and AFAN, which was meant to be a play on AFA, this is AFAN, mm -hmm. and it's the Association for Astrological Networking. These three organizations were founded and, um, and eventually came together in an organization called the United Astrology Congress. Mm -hmm. And, the, and U, UAC, the United Astrology Congress, has now reformed legally into the United Astrology Conference. And that's made up of a board of a representative and two elected people from each of the organizations that the nonprofit organizations that own the nonprofit UAC that comes together once every three, four, or five years to create a mother of all mother conferences. And half the proceeds of that conference get divided amongst the sponsoring nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And the other half gets divided amongst all the people who are speaking at the conference. So it's very much a community-owned event. Wow. And, That's awesome. um, yeah, and it, it's very awesome the way that works. This conference, ESAR, is, um, ESAR puts on a conference typically every two, three years or so. Um, this has been more like five years because of uh, that little delay of March of 2020, which lasted two years. <laughs> and, so, and so this one's very overdue. This was supposed to be in um, August of 2019, mm -hmm. then scheduled for August of 2020, and now here finally in late August of 2021, we finally get together and hug each other and say hi. Oh my God. And it really is something different when you're hanging out with people. And it's not just for newbies coming into astrology being starstruck by the people. Right. It's, it's us, us who get to hang out with each other oh, and have totally. conversations. I mean, I've had some of the most amazing uh, classes at conferences like this that were not inside of a classroom, mm -hmm. but were simply talking with five people who were experts about something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, last night in the lobby, I just sat for an hour or so um, talking with Dennis Harness, um, who's a PhD psychologist, Vedic astrologer, very well respected in the field, and David Cochran, who I know has been on um, some of your um, programs at Astrology Hub. And the three of us were geeking out about very geeky things that were just it's very exciting because we are each learning from each other always. Oh I wish we were there with a camera and a microphone <laughs> Wait, and we could just be flying Amanda, on the wall. Amanda, that's yeah. what you do for a living. I you're know, always, you're always more, there. More, you're more. always there with a, with a camera yeah. and a microphone. Yeah. That is true. Okay, so you're both giving talks, right, mm -hmm. at this conference. Yes. What, are you, what are you talking about? I'll be talking about the magic of pattern returns, which is when you have a configuration in your chart that is happening by transit in the sky, but it may or may not be configured to your chart by aspect. 
Okay. And it allows you a certain measure of um, action that you might not be aware of, but if you can pinpoint when it's going to happen, you have a lot of go power. And being the geek that I am, because I'm totally geeky uh, with particular interest in the person who came up with this idea, um, who was uh, the man who Kepler College was named after, and David Cochran Software, Kepler uh, Software. And um, and um, I love the term pattern reoccurrence mm-hmm. because... I say pattern return. A pattern yeah. return. Yeah. Um, um, Kepler called them... Um, recurrence uh, re- transits. Recurrence transits. Mm. And Robert Blaschke, who I know that you know Robert's work, um, called them holographic transits. Yeah, but I like... Everyone knows about the Saturn return. Right. So I'm trying to popularize the idea of pattern return. Pattern that's what return. We're looking so it's like this. Let's say, let's say that you were born with the Sun Square Saturn. Yes, all right. Every time the sun square Saturn with Saturn on the same side as the sun. Saturn on the, the exact same pattern. That's your pattern return. So Whoa. for that aspect. So how? So you could have a lot of different pattern returns happening every, every year. year. It, but it oh. doesn't necessarily make an aspect to your sun Saturn or anything else in your chart. It's just that it's the just hum. The, fact the exact that it's same configuration yep. that was in the when sky. You were born. It's like born. they're playing your song on the radio, but it's in a different key. But yep. you know, it's your song. Oh wow! Yeah. Amazing. It's so you fun. and you've been working with these like mm-hmm. in your life and with your students and mm-hmm. stuff. And in what? What does it mean for someone when they're having a pattern return? I'll quote Robert Blaschke on this just to keep it short. He says that when we look at our transits, that's the timeline, and it's almost like this fadedness of, okay, I'm moving along, I'm a ball, the wind speed is this, here's where I'm going to be. And the pattern return is your free will. And it's this other modicum of, of spatial relationship think that allows of, you... Think of the not sol- the when, but more like the where am I going to operate this on. Yeah. Think of the solar return, yes. which is a birthday. Yeah. What's the predominant thing that kids do on their birthday? What's What happens? You blow out the candles and you make a wish. Do you know why? It's because, because when anything returns in the cosmos that is what you have in your chart, it's a moment when you get to program yourself. Ah. And so the, so the idea of blowing out a candle and making a wish is like it's a magic thing that um, when you light a candle to concentrate will, you blow it out. I don't know if you know the book Zen and the Art of Archery, but it's not about archery. You've talked about it. It's basically <laughs> you can't hit the target until you let go of the arrow. Mm-hmm. And yes. so blowing out a candle is a way of freeing the energy, mm-hmm. but it's the same thing uh, as a, it's a return. Wow. But we're not taught to see them because computers don't just calculate that. Oh, you know what I mean? We can look at the transits. You have to know your patterns Mm -hmm. and then you have to be able to see that they're Mm -hmm. happening in the sky. Yeah. Okay. Although you can with some software say, tell me for 40 years every time, you know, Mercury transit or Mercury conjuncts, you know, um, whatever. Right. Okay. What are you talking on? Um, So I'm doing a post-conference workshop um, uh, along with um, our friend and orderly, um, with um, I'm mean, not with, but we're, we're each doing separate um, post-conference workshops. Um, and orderly, Stephen Forrest, Lynn Bell. Um, I'm missing someone who'll kill me because I can't remember who. But um, um, but mine is on. It's pretty much nuts and bolts astrology. Um, the title is something like integrating the outer planets in tra- in natal chart r- work and timing, and so we're going to basically go from Jupiter through Pluto and talk about not just the archetypes but how they work in charts. And then I got about twenty charts of people who have sun or moon conjunct one of those planets, and then we're going to pick three or four charts from people in the room and look at them real time. Fine. Um, so that's the workshop. My talk. Um, on the conference schedule um, is a talk that 
um, Lauren Albandian, who's the director of, of, of the conference, said only you could come up with the name of a talk like this and only you could give it. And the name of the talk is The Disintegration of the Boundary Between Physical and Metaphysical Reality. Wow. That and we've ta we've talked a little bit about this on cosmic connection from different points of view, right. but it's why it's it's why the um, Saturn doesn't have the same power. I'm not saying I'm not saying that I doubt your power, dude. <laughs> um, I mean, Saturn doesn't like it when you mess with him. Right. So it used to be that Saturn was like finality. Mm. There was nothing beyond Saturn other than the fixed stars on the fixed crystal. There was there was like. It, it was like that was the end of the road. Saturn was the period at the end of the book. Now it's a semicolon in the middle of the next paragraph. Ah. Because we know that death is not the end. We know that really it's just the beginning of where Pluto kicks in and does the deeper transformational work. Mm. And so as a culture, we, as we develop more and more digital, electronic, higher frequency technologies, we buzz at a higher frequency and we're basically moving from a very low level vibration. If you think of the traditional astrologies, it's all about things that are physical. And now we've moved into realms that are totally meta to physical. Mm -hmm. And it's a much deeper dive, but it's a fascinating topic that I've been messing around with for a few years now. And so this is my latest thinking on this particular topic. Love it. Love it. It involves reincarnation. Yes. I mean, because reincarnation is simply a non-physical consciousness. Yeah. I mean, in other words, the space... We, we think of reincarnation and we forget in order to be reincarnated, you have to be disincarnated. Mm. That's you know, true. We call it death. Again, but, with the letting go of the, the candle and the arrow. Um, right? so, so at disincarnation, we go into some state. And then at reincarnation, we come back. Mm. And although it's always been part of the, of, of the various mystical traditions, that whole concept now has filtered into the public enough that most people think... Maybe not most. I don't know what the statistics are, are here. Um, maybe 47.32%. No. Um, believe that, that um, death is simply a doorway, um, as Helen Keller said, into another room. Right. You know, yeah. and so we as a culture, as a species, not as a culture, are moving from physical to metaphysicalness, and it impacts how we do astrology. Love it. So fun. Maybe we can talk about some more of this on the Cosmic Connection sometime. Yeah? Deal. Okay. And you're doing another talk. Yes, I am. And it ties actually into what you're talking about because it's about posthumous astrology. So it's the idea also, if we, if we spin what you just said a little further, we get a chart and then we die, but our chart keeps working after yeah, the we classic, die. Yeah, the classic and one you... for this is, is, is the chart of Karl Marx and following <laughs> the Russian yes. revolutions and the Chinese. I mean, that, that's, that's the one that astrologers who have messed with this it zings it zings but yes but i'm talking about it also in terms of hellenistic time lord techniques and zodiacal wow. releasing so mm -hmm. you can see someone's eminence after death wow to decide maybe for like example when to curate a gallery exhibition of their work whoa whoa yeah exactly Amazing. so timing well, out and, and in fact you look at movies like gandhi and movies yeah. about people they often happen when someone's having a Pluto conjuncting their sun, transiting right. Pluto conjuncting their sun, and there's some power, yeah. and Amazing. you know, yeah, it's just 
So I look through various um, Hellenistic Time Lord techniques and different charts of people to see when they're going to be eminent again. Um, but you can do it with all kinds of, of t astrology. Well, and that's such an amazing way to illustrate the idea that we are energy mm -hmm. and that our energy lives beyond our physical form. But the question I have, hearing what Rick just said, was if we get a chart and then we die and our chart lives on, but we get reincarnated, the chart we had still lives on yeah, even no, though we're reincarnated. Well, no, this, this, no? This, yeah, yes, this is an easy one. Yeah. Because when we talk about reincarnation as a linear event, it, that's uh, an anthropomorphic view that makes something that has totally no connection with linearity. Uh, all the mystical traditions agree that without physical form, there is no sense of time. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can state it in lots of different ways. It's often stated, in, the Buddhists, I think, state it the most clearly, and that is everything that's ever happened and everything that ever will happen is happening now. Mm. So reincarnation is still in this moment. Mm -hmm. And it's the, and, and the way I look at it, and um, I, I've written a, a poem that I'm sure that was in the collection that we did on Foundations 1, Level 1, um, but it's, it's when the radio breaks, the broadcast station hasn't gone off the air. Mm. Doesn't matter what happens to the persons. You know, it's it's like we're like like radio resonant. You talk about um, you know pattern returns and resonance mm -hmm. in a chart. Mm -hmm. We're picking up on the radio station. We're not that same person reincarnated. Mm. Sorry, that's bullshit. It's it's simplified. No, 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 no. I don't mean I don't mean you were saying. No, that. no, no. Yeah. But 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 that energy is out there. We pick up on it and we and and we take it as if it is us. And in some ways it is. But it doesn't make that energy go away. But you're also saying that that energy was always already there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and always, so and Karl always Marx will. existed before Karl Marx existed, really. Okay, so oh, so yeah. so yeah. in in my, my in my Patreon apprentice program, one of the things that I do is once a month we bring the whole group together, and I bring in a, a, a mystery guest, and it's a, a chart without a name and on it and a date on it of someone you know, um, and um, and last month um, I brought in the chart of. Um, um, Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. um, and the the class did an amazing job on on him, but I don't know how you could miss. <laughs> I mean, you know, he has a Mars Uranus Neptune conjunction or Mar Mars Uranus North Node conjunction, um, kind of like um, what we just had. Oh, similar. like a recurrence transit? Well, not the same because it was Nep it was Mars Uranus Node, not. No, that's Mar what we just had yeah, in Taurus. Okay. You're right. All right. <laughs> so and he's and he just signed for Iron Man four. So See? he that's what I'm saying. All right, so 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 he is an Aries. Aries is ruled by Mars, the ancient tradition of metal um, primary metals to you know to uh, planets is Mars is iron ruled. He's Iron mm -hmm. Man. Mm -hmm. Fine. Um, he came to power um, as an actor by playing the role of Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. We did a chart with Char him and Charlie Chaplin after people after we told who it was. I had Charlie Chaplin's chart right there, and you could see the resonance. Reincarnation? No, they were alive for a few years at the same time, but certainly a continuity. Yeah. But then I found the chart of the Marvel first Iron Man um, um, comic that was published two years prior 
to um, Robert Downey Jr. being born, Whoa. and the chart resonance is crazy. Wow! So wow. Uh, you know, that would have been a Mars return, right? Some kind of Mars. It, w- it wasn't though. Point, but yeah. It wasn't exactly two years. But so what yeah. are you guys trying to say? It's all. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's, and when you come to conferences, you can have these conversations no, it's, it's, for 24 hours a day for yes. five days straight. Oh my God! It's no, like Amanda, it, it, we have two choices. It's either all connected. Or it's not. Yes. Period. Exactly. And how does it all work? It's all connected. Right. Obviously. Right. Oh, my gosh. What do you love the most about having dedicated your life to astrology? You go. It's been my only life, so I don't actually know what I can say. It is it's an amazing way to connect to our ancestors and the future and being able to be in tune with what's going to happen. Maybe not from like a specific, you know, this exact thing will happen, but being able to be more embodied and, and present for the world because you're not anxious or worried, you know, you're sort of really able to kind of tune into what could be coming and then also spread that to others, which I find the most helpful, is to just be present and here and like let people know like it's going to be alright, you know. Like, are you surrounded by people who, who get that and get you or are you like the total outlier? I think it depends on which uh, environment. I love traveling, so sometimes I'm sort of, you know, hiding in plain sight. Yes. But I do try to create a life where I can have these kinds of conversations regularly. Right. Um, and more and more that's becoming normal, I'm finding. And I'm thinking, like, there are a lot of people who are opening their minds to what astrology is. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's just me saying this or something. No. I would agree with I you, but I, I, I wouldn't necessarily give them... The way you phrase it sounds like they're doing it because they're conscious and they want to do it. I think a lot of people's minds are being open. Okay, yeah, that's now, fair. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that what you said is wrong. Right. I think it's a combination. I think that things are happening so fast and with the availability of good astrology or astrology good and not mm-hmm. good on the Internet, uh, it's there for people. Yeah. And so, you know, for me... Um, you know, it's it's like uh, I remember years ago, some news reporter asked the Dalai Lama, "So, if you weren't the Dalai Lama, what would you be?" And he just laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that's a crazy question. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you asked us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. essentially. I mean, in a way, yeah. see outside I, yeah. of it. I mean, and there's a part of me, and I and I say this because I felt this since my late teenage years, but I know of. A dozen other astrologers who have this has had the same thing, and that is, I never really learned astrology. I feel like I just kind of remembered it. Yeah, mm. yeah. You know, it's like I learned it way faster than I theoretically should have. Right. right. It's just like as I soaked it in, I just always knew a little bit more than whatever it was I was learned in that moment. Mm-hmm. You're like that too, huh, Jen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a true calling. I think right. it really is a way of reading the world and then being in the world. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I don't think every astrologer I have interviewed says that about their experience, but, but, but a lot of them do. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And it's something I know I haven't done. Like, it's it's why I know that I'm I'm a different species than you two. <laughs> and because okay. it hasn't been a remembering at all. It's yeah. still, like, every single time I talk to you, mm-hmm. I'm learning something new. I'm relearning something I probably already knew at some point, but, like, very differently. And it's just like the, and it's something that's absorbing. Okay, I hear you, but every time I talk to her, I learn something new. <laughs> True. I mean, you know, True. I mean, yeah. and this person, yeah, that person, yeah, and yeah. that person. Well, and I we mean, have to remember there's many ways to be an astrologer, right? right? And, and I think a lot of times when we think about professional astrology, that's right. somebody who counsels people. Yes. That's not true. Yeah. No, not true Award-winning people in, in the top of the field who haven't seen a, a 
client since 1984. Actually, uh, right? I mean, actually, actually, one of the um, uh, most important astrologers from a standpoint of of developing the. Um, academic sensibility of the community itself is someone who we both know differently, um, but that would be Nick Campion. That's who I just was mentioning without mm. mentioning. Oh, I didn't know. That. Uh, he so, hasn't seen a client since 1984. Well, well, so, so um, uh, Nick Campion is, um, is is a PhD historian um, whose work is about astrology and culture and the history of astrology. And um, and when he was first learning astrology, because he was fascinated by it, he did one reading. Mm. And he's British. He said, I was so embarrassed, I would never do another reading again. What? But, but when I stayed at his home, I'm telling you what year this is, 1999, for a week. The first night there, I was sitting at dinner with Wendy, his mm-hmm. wife, and mm-hmm. now his wife, and, and him. And I said, so Wendy, what's your chart like? And she says, I, I, I don't know. I said, what, what, you live with like one of the great astrologers in the world, you know, you know how, how do you not know your chart? He, goes, he doesn't do people's charts. I go, you know, you want to get your chart done? She says, you're going to do it? I said, no, he'll do it. Just declare yourself a nation state. <laughs> <laughs> so he does do the charts of countries. That's what he does. What's called mundane, mundane or right. yeah, mundus yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah, and I bet there's a lot of financial astrologers uh, uh, who have never also, done, also, done yeah, exactly, readings the right? way that we yeah. think of readings. Yeah. Wow, and I know medical astrologers right. who only use it in the back room to look at the chart of the, the client yeah. or the patient but don't necessarily tell the patient that they're doing their charts. Right. Like, how did you diagnose my secondary infertility? Well, medieval astrology is very good at doing that. Doctors wow. in the Western tradition are not. Wow. Right? So there's all of these ways in which we and can there's, use it. And, and but... there's people who do just simply pure research. Yeah. I mean, there, there's lots of different people than counseling astrology. And what I would say is you're actually an oral historian of astrology mm. because you're gathering lived realities yeah. from so many people in this community. Oh my god. It's gosh. a very important I thing. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank it's you, a very Jen. important thing. <laughs> okay, what's the most surprising thing about the practice of astrology? Oh, I think I know that. It's that how many astrologers think they know think they know more than they do. Mm. It surprises you. <laughs> it, it always surprises me that astrologer. I know astrologers who can answer questions faster than you can ask them. Mm. And you know, we we may through astrology know a little more than the person on the street who doesn't know astrology. But it's not as simple as it sounds. Mm. We, we've had these discussions many times, mm-hmm. and astrologers will go, "Oh, this and that. That just means this." And I, the, I have hair on my back, and it goes up when I hear that kind of shit. Yeah. So, but it surprises me. Um, it's it's almost like this. It's the same fault of modern practitioners of modern modern medicine, modern science, and fundamental religions. Mm. When you practice a fundamental religion, you think you know more than you do. Right. And I'm not saying we don't know a lot but we don't know as much as we think we do. Wow. So to pivot in a different direction, if you totally surrender yourself to the study of astrology, the surprising thing in my journey has been when astrology coughs up a new path right where I didn't expect it Mm -hmm. that leads like to this other engagement with what my soul needed to know Mm -hmm. as just a practitioner and someone who can bring this to someone else, and then someone will show up. And they'll need just exactly what astrology brought to the doorstep. And wow. I, I can't yeah. explain yeah. how that happens, but, yeah, but just the meandering through, keeping your mind open, learning new techniques, and at conferences, having conversations with people who see things totally different than you. Right. And they'll give you some nugget. And you'll say, oh, I should look that up when I'm home or something. And you start looking into it, and you add this like technique to your toolkit. Mm. And then it just becomes this, like it's like astrology knows, oh, this is what you need next. 
and it's like it's it's sentient. The other the other surprising thing the other surprising thing, which just picking up on what you just said, the other surprising thing to me is how many amazing ways one particular aspect or one chart can when you do client work for me it's 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 nine times out of ten amazing i look at this person in the first three minutes of our conversation i got him nailed and by 20 minutes in it's like holy shit you did what you're, <laughs> you're what and then and then and now and you're going to, i mean it's like people are amazing wow. and it's amazing wow. how the same damn 10 or 300 planets depending on what your techniques you're using um, how they can manifest in an infinite variety of complicated mm-hmm. stories so do you feel astrology actually helps you appreciate humans more oh, or life more absolutely mm-hmm. oh yeah I would say even from the very beginning of learning astrology, it allowed me to fully em- embrace the idea that people just aren't going to be like you, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of times when we're in our, you know, I was in puberty when I started learning astrology, so you think, like, I just want to make everyone like me, or why aren't they doing that? And you want to change people, and you can't change people. You have to be, you know, understanding there's 12 archetypes, and people are just going to be who they are. And yeah. most people actually assume exactly the opposite. Astrology pegs you and you have to be this way. Right. No, astrology says with the course of least resistance and no consciousness, I tend towards that. Yeah. But I now realize that there's 11 other ways to template this right. this thing. Yeah. And that's very generic, but at least I, what, yeah. I guess the key word here is tolerance. It just allows you to have a more open mind and tolerate other ways of being that you're not having to push or struggle and make things into a certain shape, you know? So. What else do I want to ask you, too? This is amazing. <laughs> like, this is so fun. Are you having fun? Are you totally comfortable fun. enough? Yeah. yeah. Yeah? Okay. What do you What do you wish or what would you want every person who is pursuing the astrological path to keep in mind? What would you want them to know or um, have awareness of as they're beginning the journey? There's no quick and easy no, answers. No, that would be a whole semester, yeah. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Just yeah. give me something. Yeah. 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 That, the sh- that, the, that the shadow is endless. Yeah, you got to keep going. <laughs> keep going when you think, like what you were saying about people thinking they know it all. Just keep going. There's always more. Yeah. yeah. It never ends. And also, I can't tell you, I've been looking at my own chart for 25 years. Yeah. It is consistently revealing new things to me. Yeah. And that's just my own chart, right? right? To speak right. from an Aries moon perspective. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. I, I've been looking at my chart for twice as long as that, and it still, like, reveals. Yes. It's, it's like, amazing. how did I never notice that? Yeah, right? Yes. And the, yeah. Clear, the eerie, eerie thing, going back to the surprise factor, is that with some of these more traditional techniques, the mathematics is based upon the initial chart, so that this event that takes place up to even, like, you know, well, past your death, because that's what I'm looking at for this um, conference right now, it's like it was there from the unfolding from the moment at the mm. beginning, right? Mm. And so it's like well, how amazing is it that you would have an event already foretold in that first breath just because of the unfoldment mathematics, right? And then you're thinking to yourself, fate or free will and all of mm. these like more metaphysical deep questions and yet I'm just consistently astonished at how when you use the mathematics from that standpoint, it's, it's like an unreal timeline. And yet, it's like what we live as reality. Right. Yeah, like, like I said, either everything is connected to everything, or it's not. Yeah. And it is. Mm. So basically, what you're saying is, when you're starting out, 
accept that there's no real destination, that you're always going to be learning, that it's always going to be unfolding, that once you think you know it, you probably don't, and there's going to be something yeah, else if to you, learn. There's going to be a conference to go to, and then someone's going to say, oh. If you, find a, if you find a teacher who has all the answers, get the hell out of there. Yeah. 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 There are teachers like that. Yeah. But basically, they're teaching the wrong thing. Right. Like, someone can have all the answers. Right. Yeah. Yes. Do you guys want to come in the, in the screen? <laughs> come in the frame and say hi? A cameo. We can just ha just have a moment of Astrology Hub saying Actually, hello. what I'm going to do is get out of the screen, and I'll hold the camera, and you all can be in the screen for Okay. All right. Maddie, we... Um, okay, yeah. Good. Okay. Just come on in. Um... <laughs> So this is the Astrology Hub family here, and we are all here together at the booth, and um, just excited to be connecting with all of you. Anyone want to say anything? What's been your favorite thing about the conference so far? It's really hard to say, <laughs> but... You said it so well. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to pick meeting some of our team in person. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is our first time meeting Jessica and Joe. Yeah, just being starstruck. Starstruck. So what, <laughs> what, what, what strikes you about seeing an astrologer or someone that you've read their books or, or seen them online? Why do you feel starstruck? What is it about them? Oh, they're just, they're real. They're human. It's like, That's what we were talking about. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels so good to know that, oh, you're brilliant and you're, um, you speak well and I love hearing your brain and your mind, but... You're also physical. Yes. <laughs> you have a real body. Yes. It's great. <laughs> and this is my daughter, Madeline, who is helping us at the booth. And Rick has talked about her as, or referred to her as, the Madeline the Wise. Because I've often told stories about Miss Madeline and her wisdom, and it comes out all the time. Yeah. Um, Joe, do you... Yeah, we sure got to turn the fluffy on you. Hi. Joe, Joe, oh, that's too close. Joe, that was very loud. What's your, what's your favorite part about the conference so far? Honestly, just trying not to cry. Oh. <laughs> it's just so wild seeing everyone. And, like, my whole astrology story was the pandemic. And you guys have been my... Oh, I'm going to cry. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Cancer moments. <laughs> but you guys have been my friends yeah. when I was alone. Oh. And we love you. And here we are. Wow. That's it, too. That's what I was saying earlier, Rick, is that, that it's not just a person that you're starstruck. It's someone you're in relationship with mm -hmm. because you've been listening to their words. You've been mm -hmm. hearing their deepest thoughts. That's what Jen said, and they're talking about you. Often. Yes, exactly. And you know, Joe, that part about being alone? Yes. Uh, don't take this wrong, but you still are. I know. <laughs> yeah, I guess the truth is we always are. Yeah. Okay. But well, also you. not at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If everything's yeah. connected, Rick, then yeah. we're all in this together. Well said. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Okay. It's a wrap. Yay, yeah, it's a wrap. All right. All right. Well done. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. 
Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.